Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. have made it to Friday, and my goodness gracious, did you wake up this morning and look outside and go, what, what, what is that? Is that is that a weather balloon from China, or is that actually the sun in the sky? The sun was out today. Who cares if it's in the low 40s? When the sun's out, we can all smile again. Yeah. Welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. What's up, everybody? That balloon's headed our way, by the way. Is it? Yeah, it's over Missouri right now. Wonder what they're looking at in Missouri. Hmm. Is that where the world's biggest ball of yarn is? Or is that in Kansas? I, th- I think that's in Kansas. Maybe yeah. they're trying to study Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or uh maybe trying to see what it really looks like where they throw rolls across a restaurant like peeking in on Lambert's as they go over Sykeston but if it's in Sykeston i mean it is getting close so if what is the speed at which this balloon is able to move if it's gone from i don't know montana to missouri and i don't know how long it's been up there i mean that's just you know what 2 3 hour flight right 4 hour flight yeah but are we so if it's over the course, plane. so if it's over the course of a day, you know, if it took twenty four hours to get from Montana to Missouri, then that seems conceivable when it's moving well, it, the whole time and it, getting blown by the winds or whatever. How how stout are the winds? At I don't I, 40, I don't yeah, I mean, feet. I've, I've never been in a spy balloon before. I don't know how fast it's going. It's but a weather balloon, Borky, didn't you hear? Yeah, it's a, yeah sure. I, I would love, though, when they scan through the data of all the close-up pictures they've taken to the United States, you want to know how many middle fingers they've got <laughs> pictured of people looking up at the balloon? <laughs> hey, it's the well, international symbol for howdy. Welcome to America. Yeah, I actually saw a funny story in World War II, because I know that somebody's out there shooting at it. If it flies over Mississippi, I know somebody out there is going to pull out their gun and they're going to shoot at it. Now, it's way too high up in the air. It's not going to do anything, but somebody's going to shoot at it. Just give it a go and see what happens. During World War II, uh, one of our warships thought that they saw an enemy spy balloon, something similar to, to what's going on today, and they kept shooting at it. And they were missing, and they were shooting at it, and they were missing, and then they finally thought, wait, these are 
accurate shots. What the heck's going on? They were shooting at Venus. Jeez. <laughs> wow. God. Woo! Off and running. <laughs> right, so, so how about the mixed messages, though, from the... T- I, like, I don't know enough about this story to talk intelligently about it, but I do, you know, in terms of reading the headlines, Beijing claims it is a civilian airship that accidentally strayed while doing weather research... But Beijing also warns Washington to remain cool-headed about it. As a general rule, don't believe what China says about literally anything. Just as a general rule. Like, if the Chinese government is saying the sun's going to come up tomorrow, you should think, wait, is it? You know, just just don't, don't believe them. If they tell you there was a bat that... Oh, wait. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) I say that that as I drink out of a cup. We are topical today. We are politically (laughs) witty today. I like that. I can live with a little of that. Yeah. Yeah. Richard looks like a dapper news anchor today. This is great. Thanks. Um, This is Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. What? Well, now I'm wondering if you just came from, like, a funeral or something. Your response was not quite like. Oh like no 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 is. no! I no. <laughs> I'm supposed to go to a birthday okay. party uh, okay. after the show tonight. You go to some fancy birthday parties as, dressed that's like that. What I said. <laughs> hey, what kind of birthday party you going to? Where you're dressed what kind like of birthday that? Birthday party you going to? Look, man. I asked my wife. I was like, "Hey, what am I supposed to wear?" She's like, "I don't know. Just throw on a sport coat or something." So, jeans and a sport coat. That's kind of like you can get by anywhere, anything for that. Ooh. Yes. What what are you what, yes. what, what are you, what do you watching? Think? What do you think? What do you think? Is, is Chelsea losing? No, it's it's try it's tied. Jeez. <sighs> Surprised you didn't well, have a Friday fat game. I don't have to get up early you. Saturday. Yeah. Surprised you just didn't have a wave of feeling bad come over you in the middle of the day today since there was a soccer game to watch this afternoon. I was actually feeling bad yesterday. This is this is this is how you just how you treat people. When, when, you know, you I got a, say... I got a, I got a, a text late last night from a from a very prominent Mississippi State former athlete mm-hmm. checking on me, but my my friend Richard Cross is making fun of me. Yeah, yeah. When, when you say <laughs> you were feeling bad, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. describe mm-hmm. that. I, I, I'm just curious what the uh, the symptoms. Oh, were. we're gonna... You were like, you know, I'm out. Um, I mean, well, you as, know, as long when, as as long as they're not related to something that wouldn't be any fun to uh, hear about. Well, then I guess I can't say anything. <laughs> okay. They were stomach related. Okay, glad the tummy's feeling better today, and uh, thank we you. Will, we will we will move on. <laughs> We should have saved that for Food Friday. We could have just had some great dinner table talk there, right there. Oh, gross. Gross. Uh, <laughs> you did it. You did it to yourself, Cross. That's all you. Do you think you will be feeling well tomorrow? What, around 7 o'clock? Uh, no, no, this was not basketball related. I was. I had some plans oh. that I was going to suggest for you for the weekend. 
there's a big. Uh, I plan to be feeling okay. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. But but I think he can do two things because of uh, the time and the location. So we're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, and I would remind you that tomorrow night. Uh, at Pearl River Resort is the I Love 90s Tour. Tickets are still available for Rob Bass, Vanilla Ice, and Tone Loke. Hey, Dad, I think you could do hoops at, at 5, game ends mm-hmm. at 7, maybe press pause on the podcast till a little later, till, till Sunday or, or something, and uh, go check out a little Ice Ice Baby. That's not a terrible idea. I, would, I know I would have a good time. I would have a good time. Yeah, you would. You and Mrs. Hey Dad could get away for a nice evening. You could even you could leave the girls at home and spend the night at uh, the Golden Moon. His plan is getting better and better. I, I do like the sound of it. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, PearlRiverResort.com. You want to be a part of the conversation? I'm scared to even open the ceasefire text line. 601-879-4395. That is, uh, that's the number for you to be a part of the conversation Uh Give your business its best chance to succeed with the authority team from Seaspire. Whatever your IT needs are, they can help. Visit them online at cspire.com slash business. Uh, is Gallo today's guest? Gallo's in bed, man. <laughs> Does he stay up late <laughs> He's on Friday not after, dude? I would love to know yeah. that. Probably so. He, he makes it all the way to the 5 o'clock news, and then he's like, all right, I've partied enough today. Finished my cornbread and buttermilk. It's time to shut her down. Oh, this would be a great day. You ever seen the <laughs> videos he posts of his back porch? Either either he or, or his significant other hang uh, a bunch of hummingbird feeders on their back porch. I mean, I they think get... he calls her his wife, but significant other's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just met. Yeah. Um, this would be a nice day for that, though. Sun's it's out, sweetheart. warming up a little bit. You know, get yourself some coffee and watch the hummingbirds. Not a bad idea. It's probably mm-hmm. what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. All right, looking up for the, the Chinese weather balloon. Let's let's sample the ceasefire text line. Jeff in Oxford simply says weather balloon hell. Um, there's one. I bet it gets shot at when it gets over us. Yes, you know people have already. You know it. Another, I'm surprised that some good old boy hasn't figured out how to spot it down just quite yet. It's way up there is the only problem. What is what is the height at which this um, weather balloon is flying? Are we thinking like 40, 50, 60,000 feet? I mean, you, you get on a long flight on 66, a big airplane. 66,000 feet. And and you're, you're maxing out at about 40,000 feet. Yeah, so... Uh, 66,000. Your shots are... Futile. E. But it's huge. Well, if you have a rocket launcher, can, can that can that work? Yeah, I mean that would work. But I mean, you, there aren't there aren't many guns that have got a thirteen mile effective shooting distance. No, no. So okay. Um, let's see here. Dwayne says you guys made me get online just to see what Richard was. Oh, it's just a sport coat. It's it's okay. I don't have a tie on. No tie. Vanilla Ice once came to the St. Patty's Day Parade and played at the Club Fire, which is down from Howlin' Mouse. Probably some of Borky's old stomping grounds. Yeah. Yeah? Club Fire? I've been in all those places when I lived in Jackson. Okay. I believe you. I don't even know what we did for the first segment of the show. (laughs) 
and fun. We might continue it when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. In Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Southern Miss moved to 20-4 and four on the season yesterday, last night, with a road win over Troy. They're playing really good. They continue to find themselves in first place in uh, the Sunbelt Conference in terms of the basketball standings. And uh, they've got another road game coming up this weekend. Luke Johnson will join us in the next segment on the Farm Bureau guest line to talk some Southern Miss basketball. And also, two weeks from today... It is the season opener for Southern Miss baseball and Mississippi State baseball and Ole Miss baseball. We've got a, uh, this is an important weekend, right? The, uh, the first weekend in the month of February. A month from now, we'll be in the final weekend of the regular season. Mississippi State is at the halfway point of conference play and they are two and seven. And that is nothing in and of itself to write home about it, but they are two and seven, but playing better and playing with confidence and an easier final nine games than the first nine games. Primarily because they don't play the two best teams in the SEC a total of four times in their final nine games the way they did in their first eight games of conference play. So that's a break. It starts tomorrow for Mississippi State with Missouri. And, hey, Dad, we can't say that each of the final nine games of the regular season for Mississippi State is a must-win. That's that's not fair, uh, and it's not necessary, right? I mean, going 9-0 and over the final nine games is not necessary for this Mississippi State team to find itself playing in the postseason, playing in the NCAA tournament. But it's not far off. Nine and zero is not necessary. Eight and one probably is not necessary. Anything south of seven and two, though, and the Bulldogs will have to do some serious work when they get to Nashville for the SEC tournament. So again, it starts tomorrow with Missouri, and Missouri has become something that I don't think really anybody thought they were going to be this year, and that's a pretty good basketball team. They're fun. They've got a first-year head coach in Dennis Gates, like Mississippi State has a first-year head coach in Chris Jans. They play a fast, fun style of basketball, and they too, like Mississippi State, are playing with some confidence because they're making a ton of shots. Yeah, it'll be a good good contrast uh, tomorrow, I think, between a team like you said likes to get up and down the floor versus a team that really grinds each possession down uh, on both ends of of the court. Um, you know, you, you sort of hit on it there. Seven and two, six and three. If they, they would, would lead them to eight and ten, that would be really. I, mean, I think their their net would probably be in a place where you think they could be on the bubble. And then if they went to Nashville, I assume I don't know where the SEC tournament is off the yeah. top of my head. Assume it's in this in Nashville. Um, but you and won a game, maybe two there. They they could get in. 
But it starts with tomorrow. You know, that's a, a quad two opportunity, so that's a resume booster. Missouri's playing really well right now. Uh, you have next week. You have LSU, which is not a good team. You should be able to beat them at home. If you can be winning four straight and have that kind of momentum going to Fayetteville, maybe you think you have some opportunity there. Although, I agree with what you were talking about the other day that you know it's, that's a tough game at a tough time and a tough place. But uh, tomorrow should be a, an opportunity for Mississippi State. It's a big opportunity for Missouri too. For for them, you know, I think State when I looked last was fiftieth. They had moved into quad one range for them, so they could win. If they win that game, they put a quad one resume on their on their uh, postseason uh, plan. So. Big game for both teams. Should be a big crowd and a big atmosphere. So Missouri currently is at 45 in the net. Mississippi State is currently at 49 in the net. So with the way the net is set up, that's, a, as you said, a quad two opportunity for Mississippi State because they are at home. It is absolutely a quad one opportunity uh, for Missouri because it's a road game for them. Missouri's 17 and 17-5 overall. They are five and four in the SEC. So they've got a little bit more wiggle room, but also you, you got to look at the way that the schedules are built, right? You, we, we know what Mississippi State has down the stretch. They've got this game and another against Missouri. They still have Ole Miss again. They've got South Carolina again. Is that correct? Yes. They've still got LSU. Is there another? Is there a Georgia on there for Mississippi State? Also, there's not. They don't. They only played Georgia the one time. Okay. Um, man, that's one you're kicking yourself about too. Whew. That's the game. That's the difference, Richard. I mean, if they were three and six right now and had beaten Georgia, their net is they're probably ahead of Missouri in the net. They're probably forty two forty three. And at three and six, you would be you thinking, gosh, they really have a good path because then you could you could lose another game and still finish five hundred. So it's Missouri, LSU, Arkansas on the road, Kentucky at home, back-to-back road games against Ole Miss and Missouri, Texas A&M and South Carolina at home, and at Vandy. You can point to six. You can absolutely point to six in that stretch for Mississippi State. But you can also point to six losses if, if you don't play well. If, if it's almost play, eight, to be honest with you, outside of outside of South Carolina, nothing's for sure. With yeah. the, you know, if they play the way they played in a couple other games this year, Missouri on the flip side, right? So I, I said the um, the road for Missouri is a little bit different, but the schedule is also a little bit different. So here's Missouri's remaining schedule: so this game against Mississippi State on the road, and then they get South Carolina at home on Tuesday night. But after that, it's Tennessee and Auburn. On the road in back-to-back games, A and M and Mississippi State at home, and then they finish at Georgia, at LSU, and Ole Miss. So when you look at Missouri's remaining schedule, right now at five and four in the SEC, you know Missouri's looking at it and going, "Okay, five more gets you to ten wins," and there's no question you're an NCAA tournament team with ten wins in the SEC. You can find ten on that remaining schedule. Yeah. Especially in those final three games with Georgia, LSU, and, and Ole Miss. You split with Mississippi State, and you beat South Carolina. There's five for Missouri. This looks like it's going to be an NCAA tournament team in year one for Dennis Gates. That's a big surprise to me, anyway. I, I didn't have big expectations for Missouri uh, coming into the season, but like you said, he's played an exciting brand of basketball. 
And, you know, give him some credit with the transfer, Isaiah Mosley, who Mississippi State fans might remember that name, very heavily linked to coming to Starkville and probably wish he had because he gives you that score that, that, that you're lacking on, on this team. But he got off to a slow start at Mizzou, but they stayed with him and, and kept going, and now he's one of the hottest shooters in the country. When, when, when you draw a big circle around the SEC right now, Borky, how many, how many NCAA tournament teams are you buying on? Ooh. Are you betting on? So Florida got a big one, right, to get themselves in there. Um, yeah. Alabama, Kentucky, Tennessee. So there's three. Is Arkansas a sure thing? I know their record wasn't particularly good at the start, but the metrics I mean, like them. Yeah, not a sure thing, but they're sitting there at 27 in the net, and they're if you're watching in. Arkansas, they're playing better. So that's four. Kind of like Mississippi State, they're playing better. That's four. Uh, A&M's getting in, right? Mm. See, A&M's yeah. one of those that's that's absolutely on the bubble. So we are already at, unless I'm missing one, where you start going, uh, with Missouri, A&M, Florida. And then Mississippi State in there being on the out outside looking in, so you've got to to your objection for sure tournament bids right now in the league. Yeah. Um, Tennessee, yes. Alabama, yes. I think Kentucky is probably a yes. Arkansas, Auburn. I mean, M- Missouri. I think right now would be in. So here's what Joe Lunardi says. In terms of teams that are out, Texas A&M is currently the first team out, and on the seed line, they're at 69. By the way, I did drop a nice on Joe Lenardi on the broadcast the other night when he said that, just <laughs> saying. Um, Florida at 70. Mississippi State is currently at 80. So Joe Lunardi currently has Mississippi State at 80, and that's probably about the right spot. Yeah. His last four in currently, or Kentucky is the 40, and, and you got to remember, this is the seed line. And there are 10 spots that are up for grabs, in his mind, kind of bubble teams there. And his last four in are Kentucky, West Virginia, Nevada, and Oklahoma State. His first four out are Texas A&M, Florida, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Next four out, Charleston, Seton Hall, Penn State, Arizona State. And then Mississippi State is in that next group of four. So they are currently the 12th team out of the field from Joe Lenardi. He's got the SEC right now with <clears throat> excuse me, with six teams in the field. But his first two out are SEC teams. So is it going to be SEC teams that bump other teams out at the end of that seed list? And how many could you possibly have do some bumping? That's what we're watching. Luke Johnson will join us coming up next on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm.
Jimmy Buffett, yes, sir. Thank you very much, Mike Morky. I appreciate it very much. We welcome you back to the Pearl River Resort Studios on this Friday (laughs) afternoon. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. And right now, on the Farm Bureau guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, Luke Johnson. Co-host of the Eagle Hour, another win last night, Luke, 20-4 and on the year. How close are we to talking about this Southern Miss team in terms of being an NCAA tournament team? Well, good afternoon. I just wanted to ask, did Borky do that? I mean, y'all know that uh, Jimmy Buffett's a Southern Miss guy. You know that, don't you? Yes, and I keep thinking that one of these days you might actually get me one of those jerseys. But <laughs> Good deal. Um, yeah, I mean... We, we had we had Keith Gill on today, the Sunbelt Commissioner, and, and the question was, you know, how, how close is this league being to a two bid league? Because when you look right now, Marshall and and uh, Louisiana are both at 19 wins. Southern Miss is at 20 wins. Louisiana and Marshall play tomorrow night. You know, I, I still think they're they're one or two years away from being that. So it's it's an all or nothing deal right now, and. You've got to win every game, um, and and the way the Sun Belt tournament wins down in Pensac- or works down in Pensacola, if you're the top four teams, you get a double bye to the quarters. So they have a play-in game that they consider the first round. Everybody makes a tournament. Then round one, um, you you get you know certain teams get a bye, but but then if you're if you're in that top four, you get automatic to the quarters, and it, you don't play till the weekend. Um, so the Eagles have to, to take care of business tomorrow, Georgia State, which isn't really a good team. They won last night. But, man, everything's really keyed up for next Thursday when Louisiana comes to town in Reed Green for a battle of number one. And that's where really Southern Miss could step into first place all their own. You look at last night against Troy, and, man, they turned the ball over seven times in their first ten possessions and were kind of real rattled. Their last couple of road games on a Thursday haven't been very good. But they rebounded and, and took the took the lead and, and never looked back and won by nine. So, yeah, I mean, first time since, uh, I think, 2018 that they've won 20 games. Only happened twice in the last decade. So, yeah, I mean, you but, – but in the Sun Belt, I mean, you've got to get the double by and then you have to win the tournament because I, don't, yeah. I still don't think they're a two-team two league this year. Well, and, and that's kind of where I wanted to go next is, you know, is there a scenario where you get two teams from, from the Sun Belt? And I think the answer to that is no. And so, you know, you, you want to put all the emphasis on being as well positioned as you can to win that tournament. And I think you lay that out nicely, right? I mean, you go there and you, you need to win three games, not five games, which is an awfully difficult task. And in terms of the the resume for Southern Miss, I mean, you, you look at where they are in the net right now, and it, it's different than if you look on Southern Miss's schedule because you see twenty wins on Southern Miss's schedule. But in terms of what the net is recognizing, it's only seventeen wins because of the uh, what the Division Two games early in the season. Yeah, yeah, Delta State, William Carey, and uh, Loyola on there. But yeah, Southern Miss, the highest ranked team in the net in the in the Sun Belt. You do get to play Louisiana, which is a top 100 team, but you don't get to play James Madison or Marshall again. And those, there's, there's four teams in the top 100. But right now, I think Liberty is Southern Miss best win. I think they're 45 in the net, 46 in the net. Yeah. 
Regardless, it's an exciting time, isn't it? And it's been a while. I mean, you, you pointed out a second ago, 2018, you know, the last time there was a 20-win team. And it feels like people are kind of gravitating to this basketball team. We've seen pictures of the crowds that are, are getting bigger, especially on Saturday afternoons or, or, you know, weekend opportunities. And what a cool story for Jay Ladner. We talked with him earlier this week. I know you have as well many times. Um, the, the patience that the university has kind of exercised in giving him some time to get it right. Yeah, last year there was a lot of, you know, the, most people thought it was, that was going to be it for coach and Jeremy McClain was real quick after the last game to put out a statement and a couple of days after that he had sat down with Jay Ladner and, you know, they were going to give him another year. And uh, I think he knew that. And so he went out and, and, uh, and got Juan Cardona, who's a defensive coach and has really implemented this new defense. And that's where they got Hase. That's where they got Alvarez coming over from Mercer. And I mean, you talk about the way to build a roster quick in the transfer portal area in a group of five and Jay Ladner did it. Um, and, and so, I think he felt he felt an obligation, you know, just to come in and do a good job. But then, you know, when you when you have three straight losing seasons, you don't even win double digits in your first three years. I think he, he took it personal, and I mean, he, he did it right. I mean, they uh, they they did a roster turnover and, and got Crowley, who had another crazy night last night, unbelievable, five or six from three point land. But yeah, you, you got to feel really good for for Jay because if you look at him on the sidelines. You know, people that followed Southern Miss basketball for a long time, he looks a lot like M.K. Turk in his mannerisms. He doesn't throw his jacket in the stands yet, but uh, but he, you know, he, he resembles a lot of of his former coach. Yeah, well, and, and he was quick to mention M.K. Turk when we uh, when we talked to him earlier uh, earlier this week. So, when you look at the final month of the season, is there any reason to think that that Southern Miss doesn't finish this thing out and, and win the regular season title? I mean, it'll it'll come down to next week. Louisiana plays Marshall tomorrow night. That's big. But then uh, next Thursday, I mean, they've been having, you know, 44,000, 4,300. I think they got a real good chance to have over 5,000 next Thursday night, maybe even more than that. It's already been announced it's going to be a whiteout. So if they win tomorrow night like they should in Atlanta against Georgia State, it's going to be crazy. If they can get past that one um, – they really don't have anybody down the stretch uh, that, that might give them that much trouble. Texas State in the last game of the season, um, it's a, we, we talked about it earlier in the season, they play in North Folk on, on Thursday and they have to fly to San Marcos. So they cover the entire footprint of the conference, mm. you know, in, in the last three days of the regular season. So they can win next Thursday. I mean, yeah, I mean, they have a, they have a great opportunity to separate themselves. All right, Luke, let's uh, let's flip over just for a second. Uh, two weeks from today, I'm assuming you will be at Pete Taylor Park for the uh, for the season opener uh, for Southern Miss Baseball. We, we talked with Scott a couple of weeks ago. He, he seems to be excited. So much experience returning in the lineup. Hey, Got to figure some things out on the mound, though, after, uh, after Tanner Hall. They do, yeah. We'll be doing a, a live Eagle Hour that day. Uh, we'll get off there at, at two, and then first pitch is at four. That first weekend gets Liberty. Yeah, I mean, you got Tanner Hall, but kind of the names that keep popping up: Matt Adams, Nico Maza, and then a guy that people you know need to look at. Last year, you saw what Hunter Riggins did, you know, coming in. They've got another guy this year. His name's Billy Oldham. He transferred in from uh, from East Connecticut State. Twelve wins last year. Struck out 120 in 96 innings. 253 ERA. He's kind of the fourth name that's being mentioned. So I feel like Oldham or Adams will compete for that third spot. 
they got people on the back end and, and a name that we talked about last year that never really saw the mound. Dustin Dickerson will pitch this year. Mm. Um, he, he's been a guy that they've you know talked about a lot. A couple more position guys. Nick Monastere, who's up in the Jackson area from Northwest Rankin, who has a chance to play at second base. They've mentioned him pitching. Um, they got Tyler Martin coming in from from um, from Nebraska. They really need arms from the left side. They only have three guys available: lefty Storm, Carl Sibley from Summerall, and, and then Martin. So, yeah, you, you feel like that's going to be the four starters with Oldham, Adams, Mazza, and Hall. Um, but the, the biggest concern for me is like who who chews up the middle innings. Um, if you have to, you know, have people in the sixth or the seventh, but you know, Southern Miss fans have said for for several years the Wizard of Oz is in the dugout, and he does wonders with with what uh, with what he's given. And what what Oz really does is he develops a third pitch for most of these guys. He really helped Tanner, you know, develop that that changeup. Um, you look at some of the guys that have transferred out or got drafted. He really developed some of their stuff too. So you that there will be some surprises this year. Well, right now it looks like who's going to Who's going to come on? Ostrander will have worked with those guys in the offseason and develop that. Hey, Luke, last thing for you, and we've got you know probably a minute or so left. Um, is there a chance for this team to be better offensively than it was last year? I, I mentioned a lot of guys coming back, a lot of familiar names, but it does feel like that's one area that they need to be more offensive, kind of one through nine. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, D1 baseball, two of the top uh, 50 impact JUCO transfers are on this team. The number one's Matt Etzel. Between him and Tate Parker transferring in, both of those guys will play in the outfield. Parker may do some shift work and left with reshielding. Etzel will be the center fielder. Scott Berry said that Matt Etzel is, is one of the best center fielders that he's seen playing at Southern Miss, and that's including Reed Trimble and Matt Walner. Between mm-hmm. Etzel and Parker, 48 home runs and 64 stolen bases in their two years of junior college. You got Peto coming back. He could push 20 home runs. And then other than, you know, really second base, everybody's back. And, uh, so I think it's a few question marks on the mound, but they will probably hit better for average and even more power this year. All right. Have a great weekend, Luke. Thanks for your time. We'll talk soon. Hi, right, guys. Thank you. Luke Johnson, co-host of the Southern Miss Eagle Hour on Super Talk Hattiesburg and Super Talk Laurel, joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Fast first hour. We'll wrap it up when we come back with you. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford and Super Talk Mississippi is giving you an opportunity to win tickets. Just enter your name and contact information at one of our registration boxes located Throughout the state of Mississippi, for example, you can go to Sears Tire and Auto in Gulfport, Weathers Auto Supply in Oxford, or at Black Sheep Boutique in Tupelo. Many other locations. To find the full list, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen perform at Vault Hemingway Stadium on Sunday, April 23rd. 
Our Morgan Wallen ticket giveaway is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us on this uh, this Friday afternoon. So, hoops for you, Haydad, this weekend. We know that much. We'll get to a Food Friday coming up a little bit later. Michael Borky, anything uh, exciting on the docket for you this weekend? You said fishing on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I'm gonna go fishing thought? on Sunday. Just let the water just get out of here. You know, it's just a ugly day, or it's been an ugly week. And mm-hmm. um, I'll probably just go to the park tomorrow. You know, watch a little basketball after that. Cook something. I don't know what yet, but cook something. Okay. And just have a nice little Saturday, because th- this is the last weekend, right? Where it sounds crazy, right? Because we have football season, and then when football ends, most people in our business like just kind of get to cruise for the next few months. Not us. This is the last weekend where we kind of just have nothing going on, really. I mean, again, there's basketball, but then the Super Bowl happens, and then it's nine baseball games every weekend that we have to keep up with. So I'm going to enjoy this. I have one basketball game to watch weekend before things start picking back up again for us. I mean, there are two basketball games to watch. There's one at noon tomorrow. Yeah, I keep thinking since they played Thursday that you know they they're not playing. They don't have the quick turnaround, but they do. Conference USA kind of. Oh, you're talking about the Ole Miss game? Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, sorry, sorry, Ole Miss fans. Sorry, but <laughs> no, he was. He, he was completely. He, he was went straight to I, Southern Miss when he was thinking about. It. He didn't even yeah. give uh, give a thought to. He's tapped out. Thing. He's off. Well, He's look, not in. Ole Miss will not have another meaningful dribble this season. That's the truth. There will not be one more meaningful dribble this season for Ole Miss basketball. Not one, except for the last one. That one will be meaningful because then things start happening, or maybe before. Which I would argue at this point, maybe you should do it now. But either way. So, yeah, I'm not going to – I'll watch the highlights, check the box score, stuff like that, but I will not make it an appointment to watch Ole Miss and Vanderbilt basketball tomorrow. I understand. Yeah, the TV broadcast is going to be great. I'm sure. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> cool cool venue as well. Or I, I say cool. Interesting venue was, was probably more like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's um... – that's a, a fair way to describe it. It's a it's a unique building. I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily have the same level of love for Memorial Gymnasium that some people do, but I do appreciate unique and different, and it is that. Yeah, it's a weird for for me from a broadcasting standpoint. It's weird sitting where your chin is at court level, or your shoulders are at court level, and you're kind of calling the game. I mean you working off the monitors that are in front of you, but kind of looking up at the game as opposed to, you know, being eye level with it or looking down on it. It's a it's a different vantage point. Probably get a good look at the shoes. Get to know what kind of kicks these guys are wearing. Yeah. I think it's a lot of Nike. A lot of team issued stuff. Yeah. A lot lot of Nike. Two two Nike schools, so (laughs) see a lot of swooshes uh out there. Hey, we can dive into this more later in the show today. Did Todd Grantham hear the backlash and decide to back out of the Alabama defensive coordinator sweepstakes? Or is this genuine where he is headed to the Saints? I know you guys are excited to have Todd Grantham with the Saints. 
Yeah, where was the Saints backlash? Where, why couldn't we have made that happen? Oh, because he's just coaching defensive line. I mean, yeah, whatever. I can live with that. Yeah, like your buddy Barrett Salee was like, somebody. the only people that are happy about this are Falcons fans and Alabama fans. It's like, Barrett, he's coaching defensive line. Uh, the Saints have beaten you nine out of the last 11 games. All right? If you are happy about your rival's new defensive line coach, then you are searching for anything to make you feel better about the whoopings that have been put on the Falcons. Again, nine of the last 11. There is no rivalry between the hammer and the nail. Fact. You guys. But no, he turned down Saban, according to Chris Lowe, and Chris Lowe wouldn't lie on, on Nick Saban's name. Uh, Interviewed for the Alabama defensive coordinator job, according to Chris Lowe, has decided to instead return to the NFL as an assistant with the New Orleans Saints. Grantham was an analyst at Alabama last season. He worked in the NFL for 11 seasons and was a defensive coordinator at three different SEC schools. Alabama will not be the fourth. One hour in the books with you on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Friday afternoon. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can book your tee time online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. Dancing Rabbit Golf, part of Pearl River Resort. Uh, normally, we would do the college football fix just after 5 o'clock, but today we're going to talk with uh, Mike Kelly, who is the radio play-by-play voice of the Missouri Tigers in that time slot. So... Let's move it up an hour and have the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. All going to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough 2023 F-150s arriving daily. You can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer F-Series. 46 straight years as the number one selling trucks in America. You remember SEC Media Days June of 2021 when the news leaked from Brent Zwerneman at the Houston Chronicle that Texas and Oklahoma were headed to the SEC. It was a premature report, at least in terms of what the folks at the SEC wanted. Uh, We found out right out of the gate that, um, well, people in Texas don't necessarily know how to keep their mouths shut. There was um, a a scattershot effort by people at Texas A&M to try and blow up the deal by making it public 
because of their insecurity before it actually happened. They were not able to plug a piece of bubble gum into a leak in the dam and stop the wall from breaking. However, I'll, I'll never forget Ross Bjork walking around Radio Road just begging people to interview him so he could say that we don't want this and it's not going to happen and we joined the SEC knowing that we would be the only team in Texas and we want them to hold their word and all that pathetic crap that we heard. Along those same lines, the thing I won't forget is you were sitting there interviewing Billy Lucci, ironically, when, when this news breaks. And I look down, and Sankey's doing an interview with somebody. I think it may have been Matt Moscona. And Dellinger, Staples, Feldman, Sali, they're all just standing there waiting for him to say no comment, but they all standing right there behind him. I was cracking up. I texted like three of them. I was like, what are you doing? You just get the same no comment everybody else does. So that was June of 2021, and we found out then that it would um, be no later than 2025 when Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC. Uh, At least publicly, after some initial reaction where everybody was like, oh, there's no way it'll be 2025, people kind of settled into the idea that it may be 2025 when they join the league because the cost to leave the Big 12 early was it was simply prohibitive. And then the Big 12 kind of went to work on its expansion plan and ultimately ultimately announced that BYU and Houston and UCF and Cincinnati We're going to join the league. So three from the American Conference plus BYU. And that kind of made us start wondering, well, maybe they will get something done sooner. And in the last six months, I feel like there's quietly been a lot of optimism from people thinking that probably gets done a year early. This coming academic year, so the 2023-24 academic year, starting with football season of 2023, will be the last without Texas and OU in the SEC. But there's some wishful thinking there, right? Because they've still got to figure out the contractual stuff. And today, from ESPN, we get a story that says... It is unlikely the schools will come to an agreement with the Big 12 and its television partners, ESPN and Fox, that would allow Texas and Oklahoma to leave for the SEC earlier than the 25-26 academic year, which means we will have this coming football season and one more football season before Texas and OU are part of the league. The SEC, of course, did not comment. Texas and OU exchanged proposals with ESPN and Fox over the last few days centered on exchanging games, game choices, and cash in exchange for an early exit from the Big 12, according to CBS's Dennis Dodd. While there was a glimmer of hope that a resolution could be reached, negotiations ultimately fizzled out. A person familiar with the negotiations told CBS, I don't want to say dead. For now, there is no deal. 
There is something there that could work. So, what is that something? For Texas and Oklahoma to leave early, both the Big 12 and Fox would have to be compensated. The Longhorns and or the Sooners were involved among the five rated games in six of the 13 weeks of the regular season on Fox last year. An early exit for Texas and Oklahoma would result in the programs owing more than $160 million in termination fees. Sources told CBS that figure would likely be negotiated down to as little as 60% of the original figure. Anybody want to do the math on that? That's still just shy of $100 million. It's a lot of money. Um, Texas and Oklahoma want to leave early. The Longhorns and the Sooners decided to move to the SEC. It set off that chain reaction that we were talking about. And go figure it's money when it's all said and done. So, I'm not going to read you any more of the story. You can read it at CBS Sports. You can read the ESPN report, however you want to do it. What do you guys make of this? It's disappointing. Mainly, and it's disappointing if you're a Mississippi State or an Ole Miss fan, you should be disappointed by this news because, in all likelihood, you were only one year away from not having to play Alabama for a year, for at least a year. You were on, you were on your way to, to, to having a, a little easier schedule. I mean, that's something that, you know, you snicker, but at the same time, man, I'm kind of tired of playing Alabama every year. And, you know, I was looking forward to some new matchups and things like that. So just from a football standpoint, for me, Brian Haydad, the college football fan, it's disappointing because I'm ready, I'm ready for Texas and Oklahoma to show up so we can have this shuffle and, and, and see what the SEC looks like, you know. But at the end of the day, I think we've been on a little bit of a roller coaster with it, right? It's been like, I think they're going to, they're going to come early. No, maybe they're not. No, maybe they will. The ride's probably not over yet. Probably not, and I don't know. I don't know what your time frame is where you got to have an answer either. I mean, we know that Texas and OU are playing in the Big Twelve this coming season. So, is it a year from now where you've got to know, or does it have to be sooner than that? Borky, you were um, when we talked about this earlier today. I felt like you were curious whether or not this report being leaked was yeah maybe like intentional a, uh, was was like a cattle prod there is almost always reasons for leaks whether it's to get at somebody to whatever there there is almost always a reason for a leak and in this case i feel like there's something there's a reason for it whether it's um to encourage backlash to get them to hurry up or, or what I, I don't know but it, it feels like there's this isn't done yet what I'm confused at is that the line about getting SEC teams to play in the big 12 footprint in 2024 and that would satisfy the television partners that are hanging this up what does that mean get them to play in the big 12 footprint uh, what are you talking about can Mississippi State just, hey, Iowa, I know your schedule is full and our schedule is full and we've got buyouts tied up in that, but we'll go play. We'll, we'll go play in Iowa City or Ames ne- next uh, in yeah next year. Uh, all good. We'll just 
pay a million and a half dollar buyout to one of our non-conference games and we'll see you up there. Like, what, what does that mean? Get SEC teams to play in the Big 12 footprint to satisfy the television partners next year. What does that mean? Yeah, so I didn't I didn't read that line from the story. The paragraph said one possible solution to the problem. Well, CBS Sports reported in December of 2022 that one major holdup in the move is the concern by the Big 12's television partners, ESPN and Fox, that the value of their contracts with the conference would take a huge hit in 2024 due to the departure of Texas and OU. The Big 12's grant of rights deal expires prior to 2025, which is the reason that 2025 was announced as the deadline. One possible solution would be Texas and OU playing games within the Big 12 footprint in 24. That would give Fox rights to broadcast games featuring two ratings draws, though that scenario would subsequently impact existing contracts that schools in both leagues have with out-of-conference opponents. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. It's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. a beauty from South Alabama. Her daddy had a heart like a nine-pound hammer. Think he even did a little time in the slammer. What was I thinking? She snuck out one night and met me by the front gate. Her daddy came out. So, Borky, you asked a question before the break. You, you asked what that footprint language means. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that that's what it's saying, but that, that's illogical. Yeah. So... And they know that. They know that's illogical. So you just putting that out there to say, what, that that'll satisfy us even though we know you can't do it, so we're just going to make you deal with it? Is this them saying that we know that after Texas and Oklahoma leave, the Big 12 in terms of interest is sunk, and so we want to hang on to that for one more year just to make as much as we can until the conference becomes unattractive? Because TCU is a great story, and I think they're still going to be good, and Baylor's good, and Iowa State's been good, and Cincinnati's been good. I think the Big but 12... But they don't, they don't attract eyeballs. That's not a no. viewership league anymore. No, I, and I think the Big 12 as a league is going to be fine. I, I've kind of come full circle on that. I, I think they're going to be okay. And I think the Big 12 has got to be encouraged by the fact that they've been good as a league without Texas and Oklahoma. They're just not nearly as, I'm sorry, with Texas and Oklahoma in the league, but not a factor in the race for a champion. They're just not as sexy without Texas and Oklahoma. They're not as valuable. They're not as interesting or as attractive when the league is... TCU and Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State and Baylor and Houston and Cincinnati and UCF and BYU. That's that's just not I mean that's that's the American conference on steroids or Big Twelve Light. Which is fine, right? I mean it's good football, good teams, good fan bases, all of that stuff. There's just no sizzle to it. I mean, even even the Pac-12 
at least as it exists right now, has got some sizzle because of Southern Cal. Now, Southern Cal and UCLA leading the Pac-12 are not helping that, but even without that, for now, you've got Washington and Oregon and Arizona and Arizona State, and you've got brands. You've got Stanford and Cal and whatever. The Big 12 in terms of football will be without brands. Yeah. Of teams. Yeah. Maybe even really good teams, but not brands. From like a brand standpoint, you can almost you could almost argue that Central Florida is the biggest brand in there, just because they have like some na- they have a little bit of national cachet from claiming a national title, and you know Gus Malzahn is a a name that people know in college football. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State is probably at the top of the list yeah. in terms of brand. Yeah, but they've yeah did they're on the verge of taking a step back. And, of course, TCU did just play for a national title, but you know what I'm saying. Unfortunately, their performance is going to lead to some disrespect nationally. It's not fair, but that's how people operate. Sure. I wonder if that's what it is. If if they're, the, the networks are playing hardball and, and pretending like, well, if you do this, then we'll be happy, and that this is impossible. You're yeah, not, the, weren't the Big 12 and Fox always going to play hardball? Yeah. Like, the Big 12 really gained nothing other than some cash by Texas and OU leaving early. Yeah. I mean, it might be more convenient for them to just kind of go on with their new teams and go on with their new scheduling model and get accustomed to life without the, the, the two gorillas in the room, the two elephants in the room. But are they really gaining anything by Texas and Oklahoma leaving a year earlier than they are able to? They're going to have to pay an exit fee from the conference regardless of when they leave. They're just not going to owe any television money because the grant of rights is up following the 24 season. And then what about, I mean, from the SEC standpoint, I mean, the, the ultimate the ultimate patience guy in the room on this is the SEC, right? I mean, the SEC is looking forward to having Texas and Oklahoma. As fans, we are looking forward to those trips, those teams, what it adds to the league, a new scheduling model, all of those things. But it's not like it's broken right now. I'm pretty sure the SEC has won back-to-back football championships. Probably more than that. How many in a row now? Georgia's won the last two. Alabama won the one before that. Alabama, LSU. LSU before that. 18 was Clemson. Okay, so four... Four straight football titles, back-to-back baseball titles, basketball's, you know, fine, whatever. Big 12's got the last two national championships in, in basketball. Nothing changes for the SEC by waiting two more years. No. The ESPN deal doesn't go into effect for the, the new ESPN deal. 
doesn't go into effect for two more years anyway. That ABC two. Th- oh wait, no, that's not right, is it? Does that start this coming season? Because CBS is out. Is that right? I thought that was twenty four. I-, I thought we're stuck with Gary for one more year. But they're doing that plus the Big Ten this coming year. I thought we got the promos saying no. I th- I think Big that's Ten on year. CBS. Oh, good, good. So no more of that. But yeah. we're moving. We're moving on. We're talking about the future. It prevents the blowing up of the schedule. That sucks. I mean, it, you know, one year, but still, because the playoff starts in 24, right? And as we've established, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are more likely to make the playoff when it's 12 teams instead of four, right? Easy. But the current schedule doesn't do them many favors. So you're going to go into the first playoff having to play Alabama. You're guaranteed Alabama on your schedule, like Haydad said earlier. So we're stuck with the the bad scheduling model for one more year, where you play one team from the East once every 14 years. You know, we're not going to get that blowing up where you we find out who the three permanent opponents are, and then guess what? You, you get to go to Gainesville where you haven't been in forever, or you get to go to Knoxville where you haven't been in forever, and... I feel like you actually have a conference again. You've got to wait one more year for for that to get blown up and happen. I mean, there are going to be bad years where you get Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, but what if 24 was going to be the year where State got Missouri and Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Florida, who's down, and Texas A&M, who's going to go 8-4 again and avoided Alabama and Georgia? Then suddenly you look at the schedule and think, this could be a playoff team. you got to wait another year for that. That emotion. The answer on the TV question was both. The CB, uh, Big Ten on CBS begins this year, 2023, with seven games in various time slots happening on CBS. 2024 is the first year of the SEC on ABC in that exclusive 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central window. So... CBS can theoretically seven times this year lead into an SEC game with an 11 a.m. Big Ten game. Or they can follow their 230 SEC game with a Saturday night primetime game from the Big Ten. Or probably a mix of the uh, of the two things. Did you guys see the uh, the NBC broadcast team for the Big Ten game? Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge leaving ESPN. That's a big get. If you're an announcer person, Todd Blackledge is one of is maybe the best color guy in college uh, in college football. I think he's the best analyst. And and the pair of Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge was really good. And it makes me wonder what ESPN is going to do because ESPN's slate of college football analysts is good, but. Could be better. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is, at the top, it's pretty good. But there's a pretty significant drop-off after the top couple of guys, in terms of analysts. I don't know. Do you move a Dan Orlovsky up to that slot? 
I like him. That's a pretty good job. Still working the kinks out. He, you know. Do you move a Jordan Rogers up and then slide a Cole Kubelik up also? Just thinking out loud. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome again to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. Time to visit with our friend Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet and goldsheet.com. Bruce, we're not in football mode anymore, but we are full on in basketball mode. Rolling into the month of February, how do you grade this basketball season so far? Uh, uh, Rich, nice to talk to you again. Um, By me, this season is sort of looking like 2014. And that was the year, if you remember, UConn kind of came out of nowhere. It's first year in the American and uh, got hot uh, right toward the end of the, the conference tournament and then into the, into the dance and stole the thing. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, 15, 20, maybe more teams. I could really legitimately getting into the Final Four and winning it and a chance for – Somebody to come out of the field and just and and, and and steal this thing. I know Purdue's the number one team in the nation. I do not think they are unbeatable in the least. I know they've got the big kid, but um, I'm not sure. You know, this is not an overwhelming number one team, and we've seen the Alabamas and the Houston's and in Tennessee. We just saw it this week. All lose games uh, lately, so I think it's a very wide open year, Rich. Very much so. Bruce, I feel like basketball is so different from football in terms of, of handicapping and, and also consuming, right? I mean, at least where we live, everybody is locked in on every game in the SEC and has an idea of what the point spreads are and knows who's good and knows who's not good. And basketball, there are just so many games and so many teams. And frankly, people are less interested where we are in college basketball than they are college football. Maybe not by a massive amount, but by some amount. So when you look at the SEC, are there any trends that that people should be looking at, should be keeping an eye on? Is there anything that really jumps out at you from a handicapping standpoint? Just team-by-team stuff, and that's the way I generally go about it, Rich. And I I try to look at each team and see and catch some trends. Now, there's a couple going on right now in the league that are very pronounced. It might be sort of late in the trends, but they've definitely definitely been there. Uh, LSU lost again the other night. Most of those numbers are 9.5, so I'm going to say it's another spread L. Uh, LSU has really tailed off. The offense did pick up a little bit at Mizzou the other night, but this has been a bad run for Matt McMahon. Uh, this, you know, this might be the worst team in the league right now. Although South Carolina's got a worse record, um, Lamont Paris was in, you know, in tough in his first year there, and uh, the freshman G.G. Uh, Jackson, six nine, he's very explosive, but. You know, he's reading his press clippings about being a lottery pick coming out, so he's probably gone. So there's there might be a few go-against spots 
in the league. I would keep an eye on Arkansas right now. And I've been a little bit reluctant to jump on board uh, because of Nick Smith's absence. Um, but, you know, uh, Muss has got two other. I mean, Anthony Black is other freshman wing. Uh, might be a lottery pick. Ricky Council, the transfer in, uh, might be a first-round pick. There's still some talent there, and they've now covered four in a row. I know they lost that game close to Baylor last weekend, but they covered it. They won good against A&M the other night, and Musselman's teams in the past have tended to go on these streaks, whether it be at Nevada or for a few years at Arkansas. So you wonder if the Hogs are in the middle of one of those optics right now. But it's sort of team-by-team uh, for me, and uh, there's a few trends, though, with these teams in the SEC that I'm keeping an eye on for sure. So, Auburn and Tennessee, top 25 matchup. Tennessee is is this team that can look like they are good enough to win a national championship. They also can look like a team that can't throw it in the ocean, and, and that was kind of the uh, the case the other night for them in the uh, in the loss to Florida. Which Tennessee are we going to get on Saturday when the Vols host Auburn for a uh, for a one o'clock tip off on ESPN? And by the way, Tennessee a nine and a half point favorite. Yeah, um, you know I will be honest with you. I've I've watched a couple of Tennessee's losses this year, and it's mm-hmm. like what happened? I mean, I watched that game against. Colorado back in November. They played down in Nashville. I couldn't believe that. Now, that was early. Uh, but I was very disappointed in the, the uh, Kentucky game a couple weeks ago on a Saturday. Uh, they lost that at home. I thought that set up for a big win. And then I don't know what happened in, in, in the Florida game the other night, but it's what you said. I mean, the offense really struggled. They're only, what, 5 for 25 from beyond the arc. And I don't know... I mean, Tennessee has those sorts of games, and they're not. There's not one guy who can lift this team. It's a very good collective that Tennessee's got. But uh, when they start shooting bad like that, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not Plan B for them there. There's not enough. There's not one guy they can go to 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 bail them out. And and in one sense, that's a strength for Tennessee because they're not relying on one guy. But um, they're better off at the collective, whether it be Viscovi or somebody else. Um, that leads them, but I, you know, they they tend to go cold like that. Auburn is interesting, um, and I think they might be worth a look here. Um, with with Coach Pearl, uh, they've got some balance too. Uh, Johnny Broom, the transfer, this is one of the better big guy transfers. A lot of the transfers you saw in the portal were guards and wings. This is six ten guy from Moorhead State that was really a dominant player, a double double machine. Uh, in the Ohio Valley with Moorhead State. And he's putting up some really good numbers for Auburn, too, and he's giving them some inside presence. So, you know, at Auburn plus all the points, Bruce Pearl, that might be interesting. Even with Tennessee off the loss, uh, Auburn maybe doesn't match up that bad. We'll see. And, and to me, that's the thing that's so scary about Tennessee is it could be one of those days where they make shots and you look up and you're like, wow, how did they win by 30? Uh, it's just yeah. it, it, it's crazy the way it's going with them. Hey, last thing I want to ask you about, or last team I want to ask you about, we're looking very, very closely at Mississippi State. Now, outside of where we are, if you're not looking at them closely, you see 14-8 and eight overall, you see a net that's in the 60s, or I guess in the 50s, uh, maybe even 49 a day, and you see a 2-7 and seven SEC record. I don't feel like that tells the entire story for Mississippi State. They're playing better. 
They had the top 15 win against TCU, and their schedule gets easier down the stretch. So from kind of a power ranking and an evaluating standpoint, what do you see, Bruce, with Mississippi State? Well, it you know, these last two games have sort of opened my eyes, um, and the fact that Shaquille Moore is starting to score out on the perimeter uh, makes me think these guys might be worth a little bit more of a look. Now, I was on Mississippi State a lot before in November and December. The defense was really good. Uh, they were winning a lot of, lo- I mean, they beat Marquette. That's a great win when you look back. Yeah. Um, but they were doing it a bit different with Christians than they were with Ben. Uh, who, the offense really came from the perimeter with Howland, whether it be Molinar or the other guys. It was an outside in offense. Uh, he had some size, but they, they, most of the scoring came from the perimeter. This year, slower pace. They want Tolu Smith to get touches. Um, and I thought there was plenty of slower pace, and but I didn't think the guards were just up to it. Uh, but uh, these these last uh, few games with Moore starting to score, uh, that could change the dynamic because we know they play defense. They have a big. I just don't know if they had the backcourt play like they had the past couple of years to get them over the hump. I'd watch these guys carefully. That was a very good win over TCU. Bit of a banana peel against South Carolina. They had no trouble there. I mean, they're still on the wrong side of the big dance cut line. Uh, but uh, with the defense uh, and if the chance they could, I mean, LSU is a game they should win. Uh, Missouri tomorrow, then LSU, these are games are both at home. Uh, this is a chance to get back in the mix. And if they can win those two, then the stretch drive, um, you know, uh, they, they got a chance. They got South Carolina coming up again, two with Missouri, like I said. Missouri's been playing much better, but and another with Ole Miss. They, they could make a run here, so I'd keep an eye on Mississippi State very carefully. Bruce, let people know what's happening at the uh, the gold sheet, where they can get your picks, and what they're going to find when they come see you. Yeah, thanks, uh, Rich. Thanks. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. I did my Super Bowl write-up last night, but won't show up until next Tuesday when the uh, new uh, the final football issue of the season is up there at goldsheet.com. In the meantime, all the basketball stuff every day, goldsheet hoops. We pick all the games, uh, most of the games in college, all the games in the uh, – NBA goldshoot.com. My picks are also there. Also at Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. And next Friday will be fun when we visit, right? We'll be talking Super Bowl props. We'll be handicapping the game and uh, all the stuff that goes around it. Yeah, can you believe? Boy, it's a little uh, calm before the storm, but the storm is coming. Uh, we got <laughs> next week, Super Bowl week, that's for sure. It's coming in a big way. Bruce, thanks as always for your time. Great catching up. Okay, Rich, thank you. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, goldsheet.com. You can get his picks. They've got a daily basketball issue. So if, if you were, um, let's just say, hey, Dad, that maybe you were testing the waters of the um, sports investment industry during football season, and you, 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 liked, you liked it. But you're like, man, kind of stinks having to wait, you know, a few days in between games. Don't have to do that with basketball. Every day there is an offering, and if you need someone to be your guide, Bruce Marshall would be happy to do that at the Gold Sheet. We will uh, wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you next on Sports Talk Mississippi.
Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. with Bruce Marshall. Looking ahead to the college basketball weekend on the Farm Bureau guest line. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Find them online at genteelapparel.com. End of season savings happening there. Plus, you've got uh, Genteel retailers all across the state of Mississippi like Landry's on the square in Oxford and Kincaid's Fine Men's Clothing in Ridgeland. Genteel Apparel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. We are into February. Later this month, they'll have all of their spring merchandise making its way in, and uh, you want to be sure to check that out. College football story that uh, actually popped up after we came on the air this afternoon. don't know if you guys have seen this or not. South Carolina freshman football player Montique Rames, or Rims the second is being held in the local detention center on charges of carrying weapons on school property. He has been suspended by Shane Beamer, along with fellow freshman Anthony Rose and Cameron Upshaw. No reasons were given for the suspensions by the university, but online records uh, showed that the 18-year-old Rames, who was a defensive end from Sumter, South Carolina, was booked Thursday night on the two charges. Beamer said, our student-athletes know what's expected of them. They know that both the university and the football program will hold them accountable for their actions. Um... So three freshman football players suspended for South Carolina. Borky, this falls into that category uh, that you were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago, where you're like, why? Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about this, there's the inevitable, well, it's their right. And, of course, I I support gun ownership. You can't have it on a college campus. You can debate that if you'd like. So, so why does a 19-year-old college football player, why is he bringing around weapons on his college campus? What's the purpose of that? What are you doing? I don't know, man. I don't know. Because there's only one way that ends for you. If an athlete has weapons in their off-campus apartment and they're purchased legally and they've got the right permits and, and all that... Yes, it's fine, man. But when you know they're not allowed on campus, I have a fraternity brother that got arrested for having a gun in his truck. You know what her take was? You're an idiot. Can't bring guns on college campus, dude. Same thing here. It's what? What are you doing? Why would you? What purpose would those have served for you on campus? What would you have done with them? Don't need it there. Bad, bad move. Hey, Dad, we talked uh, about this yesterday. It looked like it was going to happen. It now looks even more like it is going to happen. Notre Dame offensive coordinator and former quarterback Tommy Reese as the next offensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. How about that? 
took the it's job done. officially today. Yeah, it's it's done. He will uh, he will head to Tuscaloosa. Interesting pick. You know, not not the sexiest pick in the world. Didn't exactly you know set the world on fire there at Notre Dame, but he's young, and with Alabama's talent, you you have to feel like he'll be able to to be successful. Which it's good. Going to be a question of how successful. You know, one of the things that's fascinating in this is Brian Kelly tried to get Tommy Reese to come with him to LSU to be his mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, and Tommy Reese said, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to work <laughs> with Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, at my alma mater. And then a year later, when Nick Saban says, hey, come on down to the SEC, he agrees to make the move. Yeah. You know, maybe he learned more about who Marcus Freeman was as a head coach. Maybe he just thought the opportunity to coach under Nick Saban was too great of a role to pass up. Maybe he thought Brian Kelly was a jerk and he didn't want to be around him anymore. Would much rather coach under Nick Saban than Brian Kelly. <laughs> much rather. Why is that? Uh, look at the track record of Nick Saban. I mean, other than the coaches. seven national championships. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's why. Yeah. That's a pretty good path for Tommy Reese, right? He's young. People love a young, hot coordinator. Yeah. If that Alabama offense hums for two years, then he's got a chance to go be a, a head coach, not just at a small job, but anywhere. Yeah. I heard uh, Greg McElroy on his show this morning, so I was curious to hear how, how they reacted to it, say that this is Nick Saban returning to the 2009-2011 type style. And I thought, it worked. That is interesting because it Past worked, it did. And, and you won championships, but can you do that now? There's a reason he went away from that. Why is he going back? I would love to get an honest answer from Saban himself of that question. Of course, we won't get it, but what do you see? Is it something like schematic? Do you think that football's going back? Uh, what do you see that makes you want to go back to the way you did things in 2009? I would love to know that answer. Do you feel like Georgia does that more? Maybe so. So maybe not a full-on pro-style look, but something that is more of a pro-style look than what Alabama's done last guy? I don't know. College Football Fix is coming up next. Actually, Mike Kelly will join us next from the Missouri Sports Network. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. 5 o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Visit them online at Pearl River Resort. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can also join the conversation on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business at cspire.com slash business. We are joined to begin this 5 o'clock hour by Mike Kelly. He's the radio play-by-play voice for the Missouri Tigers on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Mike, I I joked with you via text earlier today, who knew that this was going to be such a big game when Missouri was headed to Starkville if you looked at the schedule back in November or maybe even late summer kind of uh, leading into the season, but here we are, and this is one that uh, has got pretty big stakes for both of these teams. 
Yeah, it does, and it just goes to prove that you don't mail in the scores, right? You have to play the games, and uh, you know it also goes to to prove that you know um, every preseason prognostication is simply putting a piece of paper in your mouth, getting a little wet, throwing it up on the refrigerator, and see if it sticks because no one really knows. Um, so, um, you know, fun to uh, have an opportunity to go to Starkville and play a game where Missouri hasn't had much success. It's only won one time in that building. Uh, it was back in 2013 um, against a team that's playing much better and, um, you know, looking more like the team that started the season in the 11-0. and you know, it's it, it's fascinating to me looking at these two teams because you're talking about first year head coaches in in both cases with with Chris Jans at Mississippi State and with with Dennis Gates and the job that he's doing in in year one at Mizzou. Um, you're talking about re-energized fan bases that have had have seen basketball success, but it's been a while in the past, and that makes for a fun environment, right? And it, and it kind of brings fans back in. I, I know that's something that you've seen up close and personal there in Columbia. Well, you know, Missouri said. Now seven sellouts this season. They just posted two more. Uh, so really, the rest of the season, most of the weekend games are sold out. It's those those midweek uh, 8 p.m. tip-offs that uh, you know when you get uh, folks coming from Kansas City and St. Louis and making the two-hour trek to Columbia. Those make it a little tough to get fifteen thousand in the building. But but Richard, I got to tell you, eight o'clock on on Wednesday night uh, when Missouri played LSU, they had uh, almost thirteen thousand in the building. Uh, which would have been close to a sellout at the old uh, arena that Missouri used to play in when Norm Stewart was the head coach of the Hearn Center. So I, I think what it does, uh, and I can't speak to Mississippi State's fan base, but certainly for Missouri's fan base, uh, it, it's a group that, that saw success consistently when, when Norm Stewart was the head coach and when Missouri was you know, winning 23 conference titles back in the, uh, the, the, the Big 8 and then the Big 12. Um, you know, saw some success sporadically under Quinn Snyder, under Mike Anderson, under Frank Haith. Um, but this is a fan base that's been yearning for success. And, uh, you know, you, people say, why was Dennis Gates brought in as the head coach of Missouri? Uh, because Frank Haith, Kim Anderson, uh, Mike Anderson, or I should say Frank Haith, Kim Anderson, and, uh, and, and Conzo Martin, uh, yeah. When I think fifty three and one fifteen or fifty five and one fifteen in the league, so um, you know it's uh, it, it, it's it, it's been a program that's that's been desperate for success. I, you know, before Missouri came to the SEC, Mike, before I, I knew you, my my image of Missouri was you know a, a few pockets of success for football and and some some games that stood out. But when I thought Missouri, I thought. I flip on television on, on Monday night for what, Big Monday, I guess it was, in the Big 12, and this insane-looking environment for, for college basketball. And I, I kind of feel like that's what we're getting back to. But Missouri also, and, and Dennis Gates, they're playing a style of basketball that feels like it lends itself to fans being excited, where there are a lot of threes, a lot of pace, up and down the floor. Take us a little deeper on that, in, in the style that, that this Missouri team is playing in comparison to what we've seen for the last couple of years under Conzo Martin. Well, you know, he wants to he wants to be aggressive on both ends of the court, offense and defense, wants to try to uh, push the pace. Uh, you know, Missouri uh, will shoot threes. Uh, he's a believer if you get an open look. Early clock, take it and have confidence in taking it. And then on the defensive end, um, it's pressure and try to create turnovers uh, using pressure defense. And so, 
Um, you're right in terms of the style of play. It's certainly been well-received uh, by Mizzou's fan base. And, um, you know, I, I think it speaks to Dennis Gates's uh, ability to assemble a roster as well. You know, he brought in three guys that followed him from Cleveland State and Demoy Hodge, who was an all-league player there. Um, also, a um, couple of walk-ons um, and a guy named... Um, you know, uh, Trago Million, who's currently out with a uh, with, with a hamstring injury uh, or groin injury, I should say. But then he assembled the roster with his staff with with guys that came in. Nick Honor was a kid that's from Orlando, Florida. That was a Clemson a year ago that that started his career at Fordham. Isaiah Mosley's a Columbia, Missouri kid that was at Missouri State. Uh, Noah Carter was at uh, you know Northern Iowa. So uh, Drake Golston was an All League player. Um, you know when he was at Milwaukee. So it's. It, it, he's been able to bring in older guys, which, and Richard, you, you see this. I mean, you know, the transformation of college basketball because of the unmitigated free agency um, allows teams to get old in a hurry, and, and, and certainly that's been that's been helpful for Missouri. I'm happy for you, Mike, because I know you've had to watch a lot of bad basketball in recent years, <laughs> and, and and now you're getting to watch exciting basketball again. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I said this to someone. This is this is my thirty third season involved in the broadcast, 32nd doing play-by-play. And, and you miss being relevant, and you don't realize how much you miss it until you're not. And then you come and you have a, you have a game that, 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 that has a full, a full house, and it's, it's a competitive game played at a high level, and you're, you just realize how much you enjoyed those in the past. And so it's fun. I, I'm happy for Dennis Gates. I'm, I'm thrilled for Desiree Reed-Francois, the, the, the athletic director of Missouri, that, uh, you know, she... Her last two hires in basketball have been T.J. Otzelberger, who's the head coach at Iowa State, doing a pretty good job there over the last two seasons, and yep. then uh, Dennis Gates. And so uh, uh, it's, it's been fun to watch him put his stamp on this program. Do you think this is an NCAA tournament team? We'll find out. I mean, there's a lot of work to do. I mean, you, you see all the projections, and I, I've seen you know the latest bracketologies. Of, I think CBS had Missouri as a five. I saw a seven. Um you know, again, it's it's throwing stuff on the wall and hope that it sticks. I mean, we still have a month to play, uh, more than a month to play, and a lot of things can happen. Um, you know, knock on wood, Missouri's got two guys out right now with injury, but they've been pretty pretty healthy uh, throughout you know most of the season. The only game that they've really lost a starter was against Alabama when Kobe Brown couldn't play because of a ankle injury suffered on the last possession of the Arkansas game. So uh, right now it's Trinity. I mean, when you look at the schedule right now, they're forty six. Um, in the net, Ken Palm's got him at 50. Um, you know, that's got the makeup of like an 8-9 seed if the season ended today, but the season doesn't end today. So, sure. you know, it, it helps that, you know, you've got four wins over ranked teams, but you still have a lot of work to do. And, and, and I'd suggest don't, don't let one slip away that you should win. This is a, you know, Mississippi State's looking at this game tomorrow as, a, as an opportunity, and so is Missouri. It's a quad one win. And so both teams desperately need it. All right, so last thing for you, Mike, and I'm glad you you went there kind of as we contrast these two. I mean, it is absolutely a contrast in styles. Mississippi State wants to lock you down defensively, go deeper into the shot clock, play a slower pace game. Missouri wants to get up and down the floor. In terms of dictating tempo, is is there one or the other that's got an advantage in terms of what they want to do and whether or not they'll be able to impose that will? Well, what you want to do and being able to do it are two different things, right? And, you know, for Missouri, it's can you hit shots. And, you know, as an example, Missouri in the last three games 
has made um, 13 or more threes, 14 or more threes in each of the, or excuse me, 13 or more threes in each of the last three games, which is wow. that's the first time they've done that in program history. They're they're 43 for their last 87 from three. Now in the previous four games, which include two road games, they're 18 and 97. So you know it's it it's you know it's fool's gold sometimes, right? <laughs> if the ball's going in. You talk to any SEC coach that's struggling right now, they'll probably tell you the same thing. If we can make some shots, we'd be pretty good. So, you know, Missouri is 16-0 this season when they score 70 points or more. Um, you know, they've had 20 or more assists in, in 10 of the 20 games that they've played. So they want to get the pace going and will share the basketball. But Chris Jans is really, really good. Um, you know, he, he, he worked for a friend of mine in New Mexico State, Mario Mocha, and uh, his ability to – you know, get his team to defend at the level they do. Des Moines Hodge isn't going to get open looks. Um, you know, Kobe Brown's not going to get open looks in the perimeter. Um, you know, they're, they're going to take space away. And, you know, so how does Missouri combat that? And can they do that with speed or can they do that with ball movement? We'll see. Should be a lot of fun. Mike, really appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday night back in, uh, in Como. All right, Richard, be safe. Mike Kelly, he's the uh, radio play-by-play voice of the Missouri Tigers. Missouri and Mississippi State coming up 5 o'clock tomorrow at Humphrey Coliseum. It will be a contrast in styles between those two teams. we got more coming up for you uh, with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. A food Friday is on the horizon. We'll get Haydad and Borky's cooking plans for the weekend as we go to this break. I... I guess I can do this. I want to offer a happy birthday. Happy birthday to uh, my friend Mary Chris Moore, who has a special one. She and her husband, I think, going to dinner tonight. And uh, just a little birthday shout-out here in North Mississippi on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a quick timeout. More coming up with you after this. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Welcome again to Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. You want to be a part of the conversation? Join us on the C Spire text line. It's time for you to get in your plans. What are you cooking this weekend? Finally stopped raining. Got a little bit of sunshine on a Friday. Looks like tomorrow's going to be okay and a little bit warmer, a little bit warmer on Sunday. So it's going to lend itself to perhaps some grill time. And that brings us to another edition of Food Friday. Food Friday, presented by Polk's Meat. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. When you go to the grocery store, make sure that you're looking for the Polk's Meat products packaging. It's that bright blue and yellow packaging. You can find the original smoked sausage. You can find the Cajun smoked sausage, still my favorite, although the garlic and green onion is giving the Cajun smoked sausage a run for its money. Uh, find the full product listing on their website. And if you can't find Polk's Meat products in your local meat department at your grocery store, find the manager of the meat department and tell him that you would like for them to carry Polk's Meat products. Because, tell him I had it. Because picky people 
pick polks. Yes, that is why. Because picky people pick polks. You got basketball tomorrow at five o'clock, which could theoretically throw a little bit of a wrinkle in the uh, the cooking plans on a Saturday. Not necessarily, but could. But you do have a Sunday. You do have a Friday night, and you do now have lights in the out of doors, meaning that you can cook outside any time. I can. What are you cooking this weekend, hey, Dad? So, going back to something Borky was talking about earlier, you know, talking about free weekends. I mean, I've only got a couple left, right? And then there's going to be baseball on Saturday and Sunday, and it's just going to be a hectic thing to try to cook. Uh, so I am cooking this weekend, doing a Mississippi pot roast on the uh, on the on the Weber. Mm-hmm. Well, we got okay. a couple of big chuck roasts. Get some smoke on them, and then break them down. Uh, so probably about a four or five hour cook on that, with some uh, potatoes all gratin and uh, some uh, some Brussels sprouts on the side. Yeah, with that bacon crumbled on top of the Brussels sprouts. Yes, no. yes. All right, so potatoes au gratin, Brussels sprouts, yeah. and give me the give me the quick process on the, on the, uh, roast? On the roast. Yeah. Just put whatever rub you like on it. You know, I'll probably just do like an AP rub and then something else. I, I My midlife crisis, I don't buy cars or clothes. I have a shelf full of barbecue rubs that I just I pick one out every week, it seems. And uh, whatever you want to do on there, just give it some smoke for a couple hours and let it cook indirect. And... Gets up to about 140, 150. It's it's good, and then you put it in the uh, the, I put it in the uh, the tray with some beef broth. Oh no, sorry, this is Mississippi pot roast. Never mind. Uh, Stick a stick of butter, packet of au jus gravy, packet of ranch seasoning. Wrap it. Oh, pepperoncinis. Don't forget the pepperoncinis. Okay. And wrap it up. Walk away for a few hours, and then it's just a tenderness thing at that point. You just you poke it, and when it feels like there's no resistance, it's done. So it stays on the heat while you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. So a total time on the grill, you said four to five hours? Four to five at most, yeah. Okay. So how long before yeah. you pull it and wrap it and then re-put it, put it back on the heat? A couple hours. Okay. A couple hours. Yeah. So, so at about smoke, the halfway yeah. point, you're pulling it off, and that's when you're adding the pepperoncinis and the butter and the some of the yeah. some of the seasoning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. It's great. You can make sandwiches out of that, too, couldn't you? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely you can. And you should. Yeah. Get a big piece of French bread, cut it in half, toast it. Yes, although I would also argue that you can make just as good a roast sandwich on just plain old white bread. Plain old white bread, put some roast on there, throw a slice of cheese on it, and giddy up. Have you seen what they do in Chicago, where you get the the, the Chicago the Italian beef, the Italian beef, where they you yeah, get it great. multiple different ways, where you get it dry, or like partially dipped or fu- fully dipped, and they will take the entire sandwich and submerge it, the whole oh. thing, in the jus, and so then wrap messy. it and give it to you. They will submerge the entire oh, thing in it and give it to it's you. Messy. So messy. But it's good. Oh, it's good. Okay. Uh, Barry it's good. and Collins. Malcolm's got a video on that. I want to make one at home. Barry and Collins going uh, pasta, carbonara with spicy chicken tenders. Sounds good. All right. That does sound Love good. carbonara. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
KJ and Red Hill going grilled deer tenderloin tonight with collard greens. Very good. Hunter in Columbus, people can say what they want about you guys, but you can cook. People do say what they want about us. I kind of feel bad for... definitely do. Like, I've got a couple friends that are like, man, I can't cook anything. And my thought is, why not? Why would you not want to do that? There's so much instruction available these days on YouTube and places. I mean, if you can follow recipes, you can cook. It doesn't take a special skill. Right. Once you learn the basics, once you feel comfortable making a recipe, then you can spin off and do your own thing in some things. Yeah. Just read. That's all you got to do. If you got a a computer and a stem thermometer, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's the thing, right? I mean, if you really want it to be right, you got to cook the temperature. With With most things, yeah. Yeah, steaks. You know, pork tenderloins, chicken, things like that. You got to do that. Things like this, what I'm doing, you know, I mean, I know the temperature needs to be over 200, but it's more about what does it feel like when when I'm put the thermometer in there. It should be like melted butter. There's no resistance. People can overcomplicate steaks too. It's like you 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 find all these steak cooking methods online where it's like 15 steps, (laughs) and it's just man, just season it well and get it to temperature. That's all you got to do. Yep. Yep. And then just let it rest just for a little bit yeah. when you pull it off the grill and you are ready to go. What about you, Borky? What are you cooking this weekend? So I haven't fully decided yet. I haven't smoked something in quite some time. And I, I haven't done beef ribs in a very, very long time. I think that's what I'm going to go with. I saw Ooh, something a online, call. a beef rib sandwich, where where you smoke the beef ribs. I think that's called the McRib. Basically, but like with actual like rib meat and not whatever that paste is that they put on a press and um but yeah you put the you slice the bones after you're done and put it on your sandwich with whatever cheese you want and then you pull the bone out of the sandwich after you wrap it going for that i think i like it so you put the you make you make your ribs put your cheese on the sandwich whatever else you want to add wrap it up with the bone sticking out and just pull the bone right out a couple of other uh, suggestions on the ceasefire text line. Uh, Andy says, Jimmy John's day-old bread, 55 cents, is my favorite for those sandwiches that Ooh, that's uh, a good you call. guys talk about. Yeah, you by the that's a good idea to go, go by places like that or Jersey Mike's or whatever and see if they just sell you a little bread. That was a great hangover cure in college. Go get a big loaf of bread and a Gatorade. <laughs> All right. Just drink. A loaf of bread. Yeah, from Jimmy John's. You, you just carb yourself up and drink Gatorade. Oh, goodness. Um, somebody said their dinner plans were 6.30 reservations at McEwen's. That's not a bad way to go. Um, yeah. Deer meat spaghetti with pepperoni slices. Ooh. Sure. Interesting. Pepperoni slices in your spaghetti. Uh, okay. The McRib is basically earlobe meat. <laughs> how, how many pigs had to die? Not a lot of meat on the earlobe. Uh, got three racks of baby backs going on the smoker on Sunday. Might do a bacon-wrapped deer tenderloin 
with cream cheese and jalapenos tomorrow. Man, I, I know we're I, not in prime I rib season. you do it. Yeah, go for that. I, mm-hmm. We're not in prime rib season anymore, but I saw a video of a guy that butterflied open a prime rib and layered it with chunks of blue cheese and bacon and then wrapped it back up and tied it and smoked it that way. First off, it's always prime rib season. I said there's, there's never, never not, not really a, a prime rib season, right? To enjoy prime rib. Yeah, but it, it's expensive, and you got to splurge a little bit, and you feel less guilty about splurging on meat when it's the holidays and you're cooking for people as opposed to just like I mean, a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I mean, Nate has already said his midlife crisis, his spending is on seasoning. Might as well be on meat also if he's not going to go out and buy himself a new car. You know, just burn it that way. Hey, next yeah. week... We will. We might do a multi-day edition of Food Friday next week with a little bit of help. We got the Super Bowl coming up next Sunday. We uh, I, I will reach out to uh, our friend Elizabeth High School, who we've had on before to talk about some uh, Super Bowl meal planning. We might should reach out to Malcolm Reed as well if uh, if you want to do. We this. absolutely should. Yes. So so we can uh, do that in a, in a couple of days or a couple of segments next weekend to get you ready for Super Bowl Sunday. That is a Food Friday brought to you by Polk's Meat. Visit them online at polksmeat.com, and when you go to the grocery store, look for the Polk's Meat packaging. And remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. Exciting news. Yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. now. Once again, a reminder, country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford and Super Talk Mississippi is giving you an opportunity to win tickets. Just enter your name and contact info at one of our registration boxes all throughout the state of Mississippi, including at places like Seals Tire and Auto in Gulfport, Weathers Auto Supply in Oxford, or at Black Sheep Boutique in Tupelo. For the full list of locations where you can register, go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen perform at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium on Sunday, April 23rd. The Morgan Wallen ticket giveaway is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. We are glad to be with you this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Mentioned this yesterday, in case you uh, missed it as well. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford, and uh, you can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. And of course, follow along on all of their social media channels. That's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The other one that I was missing. Uh, visit Oxford EMS, but they have announced the uh, the lineup for the Double Decker Arts Festival, which is coming up the last weekend of April, and the headline acts on uh, on Friday night at 9 o'clock, well, 7.45. How about Chapel Hart at 7.45 on Friday night, and then Ashley McBride to close it out Friday night at 9 o'clock, and then on Saturday, this is where Borky got really excited. Blackberry Smoke at 6.30 on Saturday night, followed by Marcus King at 8.30 to close out the weekend, to close out the festival. 
Uh, if you want the full rundown on all of the musical acts and all the other stuff that's happening at Double Decker, go to visit <clears throat> OxfordMS.com. Um, let's go back to basketball. And then we, we talked with Mike Kelly about this Missouri team, the style that Missouri plays, kind of the excitement and the magic being back, so to speak, with the Missouri team. Missouri and Mississippi State kind of cousins in in that respect, right? Missouri yeah. maybe just a touch farther along in terms of their resume for this season, but a lot of the things you're seeing in and around Missouri basketball, you're also seeing in and around Mississippi State basketball this year. Yeah, what he talked about about relevancy and how you don't, you know, you don't miss it until you don't have it. I mean, it's been 10 long years even in the in the the year of the NCAA tournament in 20, I guess it's 2018-19 for Mississippi State. I never felt they were relevant. You know, they that were was just, Liberty they were out on like team. the West Coast, right? Oh, yeah, I was in San Jose for that one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a long drive for you. It just never felt like. Do I now? <laughs> I said that was say? a long drive for you. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, I drove in a plane. Uh, and so is there some of that too. You know, we we've talked about it. You know, the big crowds have been back at the hump this year. We think it's going to be a big crowd uh, tomorrow for sure. Um, and, and there has been like this this feeling of basketball is back in Starkville. Uh, you know, we don't know how it's going to end up because they got a long road to go. But if nothing else, yeah, the future feels bright. And, and I'm excited for this game just from a, a, a as much as an unbiased observer's viewpoint as I can have because uh, like like we talked about, they're just so contrasting. You know, the, the Missouri and the way they like to get up and down the court. And Borky pointed out to me, force a ton of steals, eleven steals a game. I mean, that's a that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And then you got Mississippi State, who's just, you know, the, the jackhammer. It feels like it's like, you know, we're watching what a, a symphony. Good description. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a symphony versus a construction site. I mean, it's, it's just, it's crazy. And I, I'm excited to see how it plays out and who's able to, to put their will upon the other. Kobe Brown's legit. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's, he's six foot eight, and he's big guy. They list him as a guard, though, because he plays like one. He can shoot. He's athletic. Gets rebounds. Distributes the ball well. Like looking into that guy was fascinating. I, I didn't know much about him. It, what are his NBA prospects? Even I mean, when you're six eight and you can shoot like he shoots, and you distribute the ball like he does. I mean, that's a prototypical next level body type and and shooting splits, right? And that's a big-time player, it looks like. Yeah, I'm not sure about his quickness. And, I mean, look, this is not an indictment, right? It happens from time to time. But it is rare that you see an NBA player that's 23 years old in college. Yeah, those are later-round guys, second-round guys. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't work sometimes, right? I mean, so sometimes you, you have later-developing guys, but, but this is... My guy Herb Jones. You're four for Kobe Brown. Yeah, Herb Jones, great example. Did Patrick Beverly play four years at Arkansas, or did he leave early? I think he was there all four, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's worked out okay for him. Yeah, he's uh, right. Villanova had a couple of four-year guys. I'm really curious about Patrick Beverly now. Well, oh, heck, yeah. you might get traded. We'll look it up. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm trying to find his college stats. I think I went to the wrong stat. He was at Arkansas for three seasons. Okay, so three years. Yeah. And he was really good at Arkansas, but he didn't feel like 15-year NBA vet good. Well, don't forget, you know, he played the first three years in Europe. Or the first, I'm sorry, first four years in Europe. And then he got in the NBA in 2013. Everybody's journey is a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That story is, I mean, he's a, he's a goofball, but that, that is a story of perseverance for sure. Yeah. Ole Miss at Vandy, Auburn at Tennessee, Arkansas at South Carolina, Alabama at LSU, Georgia at Texas A&M, Florida at Kentucky. Auburn at Tennessee's got the chance to be a little fun. It does? Tennessee's a big favorite in that game. Nine and a half point favorite. Well, they probably were a big favorite the other night and see how that turned out. Well, that's that's why I mentioned that, actually. Yeah. And and Auburn coming off kind of getting kind of getting popped a week and a half ago at home against Texas A and M. Auburn seven and two in the uh in the SEC. Um it's hard to tell right now, right? Since so since the, the loss so Arkansas's last five, or uh, excuse me, Auburn's last five. They beat LSU. They beat South Carolina. They lost at home to A and M. They lost close at West Virginia, and then they smoked Georgia pretty good last night, or maybe it was Tuesday night. And now they got Tennessee on the road and A and M on the road in their next two. I think Auburn's a tournament team, but they look a little different this year. Broom's really good. Johnny Broom's good. They're good. They're not great. On the right night, they can beat anybody. On the right night, they could lose to anybody. Yeah. Florida, Kentucky, do anything for you? You're more excited about that game because Florida just beat Tennessee at home, or is this one of those? You know, we were we were leaving Kentucky on the back porch step for dead, and now they win at home and they get to seven and three in the league, and they've kind of figured it out. Yeah, but they're still not great. I would agree with that. They're average. I mean, Ken Palm is picking State to beat them and see how it goes. Is that on? They went to Ole Miss. Go ahead. When when is that Mississippi State-Kentucky game? A week from Tuesday? It is not next week, but the week after. Okay. So is that the, the, the 15th? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's Saturday, Tuesday, Missouri, LSU, both at home, Saturday at Arkansas, and then I think that's a Wednesday night at home, actually, against Kentucky. Yeah, it is. Wednesday and then at Ole Miss that Saturday. Yeah. yeah. But Kentucky went to Ole Miss this past week without Matthew Morrell, without Deshaun Ruffin, and only beat them by nine. Yeah. In front of, you know, not exactly a hostile environment either. So, I mean, Kentucky no. is just, just no, okay. So what's going to happen? Because Nate Oates got his new contract, which Ooh. my it blows my mind. And I understand that the Arnett situation is is unique because of how he came to the job, and it, it wasn't like Mississippi State had to start a bidding war for his services. But the basketball coach, the basketball coach at Alabama, is now making two million dollars more a year than the football coach at Mississippi State. 
What an interesting time we live in. And he's going to be making that for all of about two more months before he's the basketball coach at Kentucky or Louisville. <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm going to bang that drum until we get him out of there. I got to get I got to get Alabama back to being bad at basketball. It's not fair. So the new contract extension ties Nate Oates to Alabama basketball through the 28-29 season earning roughly $5 million annually. The extension has been in the works for months as Alabama looks to keep its head coach in town. The new deal adds two years to his previous contract with escalators of $200,000 each year after an initial $4.5 million salary, and his buyout ballooned to $12 million through March 14th of 2024. Boys, I don't even know that Kentucky or Louisville is writing a check that big. Here's the question. Coach. Is that a contract that they agreed to? Or is that a contract that has been signed? There is a difference. There, There is a difference. More Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up next. And I won't back down. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Last time with you on this Friday afternoon as we cruise toward the weekend on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us today. As always, uh, thanks to our friends at C Spire. You can uh, join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Let C Spire help you with all of your business needs. Visit them at cspire.com. Slash business. High of 56 on Friday the 17th. Hmm. Only got 14 degrees to go. We can get there. 14 degrees and sunny is what we're looking for, though. It's better than at Mount Washington. Have you guys seen this? So there's that massive winter storm hitting the Northeast. Negative 107 degrees at the Mount Washington Observatory in New Hampshire. The lowest recorded temperature ever in our great country. Ooh. Even in Alaska? Where did you say? In New Hampshire? Mount Washington, New Hampshire. Yes, even in Alaska, where uh, it has the northernmost city in the world, in Barrow, which has now changed its name. It's not Barrow anymore. It's something else. That offended somebody. No, it's it's. they went to, like, uh... I just assumed. (laughs) No, it's it's like, it's got a native, uh, like, Alaskan name now. Hmm. Okay. Okay. But yeah, Mount Washington, 1, negative 107. The video was gnarly, because it looks like hurricane wind. Up there at the peak of that, it's the biggest mountain peak in uh, on the East Coast, so it's way up there. Yeah. But it looks like a hurricane's feet. going on, just but snow. Ooh, you're not lying about that. That looks like Hoth from The Empire Strikes Back. Hey, Borky, you you just jogged my memory with something. Um, do you do you guys ever engage with your like if you are riding in an Uber, do you engage with the driver in conversation? I'd usually prefer yeah, not to, but I mean sometimes it's unavoidable. Yeah. You ever have one of those drivers that, you know, 
you ask how long they've been driving or whatever, and they they go into a story, and you're like, <laughs> okay, sure. Like a couple of weeks ago, when when we were in Arizona, drivers taking us to dinner. And I was like, hey, man, you ready for three weeks from now when the Super Bowl rolls in? I won't be here. Really? Like, feels like that'd be a really good time to be here driving. Oh, no, no, no I just kind of do this for fun. I, uh, I'm i in, in high finance and got a couple of job opportunities in, like, Japan and some other areas. And look, Oh, really? Tell me more about that. So he keeps talking, and I'm like, this guy is so full of it, I'm just going to see if I can play along. And somewhere along the way, he got to, uh, where are you from? New Hampshire. Really? Where in New Hampshire? Concord, New Hampshire. Great downtown area, really nice. And, like, I'm, I'm sitting over here, like, trying to pull up facts about New Hampshire so I can just keep the story going because Jane and a couple other people are sitting in the back seat, and I'm, like, getting nudged from behind or whatever. And I was like, uh, there's a, if you ever make it there, there's a great restaurant in downtown Concord called the Purple Lilac. It's named after the state flower. And he goes, isn't that poisonous? I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the irony in the name, buddy. <laughs> we get out, and I'm, I dropped a chief on him on the way getting out of the door. <laughs> yes. We get out of the car, and Jay goes, what are you doing? I was like, I figured if he could be completely full of it, maybe so could I. So now I kind of want to yeah. visit New Hampshire at some point. Go for it. I've been to Lovely Vermont. I've never right been here. to New Hampshire. When we were in the Bay, every one of our Uber drivers was somebody that moved out there to work for a tech startup that failed. Every single one that like we actually talked to, it's like, yeah, I moved out here to work for this app and... As you can see, that app doesn't work anymore. And instead, <laughs> like, I'm working for Uber, yeah. which was, you know, maybe if and, I'd just gone to work for that startup. Man, the amount of the Teslas and stuff that we were riding in is just crazy. I mean, like these, I know, fancy I know a guy like and that, that. And, and he went to work for SuperTalk. Ha ha. Mm. Uh, He's doing all right though. Dwayne and Brandon says, "Good luck, Borky, on Sunday. Just don't catch a grinnel." Um. Yeah, I will try to uh, make sure that I don't catch any white perch. Mike in Oxford went to an Ole Miss scrimmage today. He said, fellas, it was cold in Swayze today. Man, I can only imagine. I mean, even with the sun out, it was just cold today. And also angst yeah. over a uh, an Internet meme listing the best college atmospheres in baseball, college baseball atmospheres for this coming year. They are 10 to 1. Texas, South Carolina, Oregon State, Tennessee, East Carolina, A&M, LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. His response was, who made this mess? And then he said, beer showers shouldn't be first on the list. Hey, Dad loves beer showers. I love beer. Michael Borky loves beer I like beer taking in the shower. a shower. Yeah. Would bring oh, my dorm room beers, chair right? into the shower, sit and have a beer, enjoy myself. I've never been a big on shower beer. Enjoy your weekend. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.